Amen. Thank you. I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 15 this morning. Romans chapter 15. We're going to talk about living on mission, on mission with the Lord. Uh, in January, I had the privilege of going to India and uh, got to preach, and I got to uh, uh, share the gospel in a leper village. Uh, I didn't even know they had lepers now, but they still do. And uh, we got to go to some tribal people out in the jungle, and we got to train some pastors, and it was just a, a great time. I, I hope to go back in January of 2021. Love to take some of you all with us. Uh, I think I do some amazing things as people get out of their comfort zone and uh, go on mission in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I love local missions. I love doing stuff in our community. Uh, I love going to disaster relief stuff and New Orleans and Houston and doing stuff in Pontiac, Michigan and Eastern Kentucky and Louisville. And, uh, and then I love international ones because we get to meet people that were made in the image of God and, and tell them the good news of the gospel and invite them to, to come into the family of God. And uh, it's always a, a blessed time. And one of the things that uh, God accomplishes when we go on mission is He reminds us that we don't have to go around the world to uh, live on mission for Him. And so in the years to come, I'd, I'd, just, I'd want all of you to consider giving a week of your year uh, to go in the, in the name of Jesus. And that might be in Haiti or India or Puerto Rico or Burlington or Covington or Eastern Kentucky. I'm just, just saying, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll give. It doesn't have to be just a week, but uh, just give that time to commit yourselves to be an instrument in God's hand. And uh, we know that God gives us opportunities every day to, to be a missionary, to be an ambassador. Uh, if you're a student, your mission field's in school. Uh, if you're a factory worker, your mission field is the, the workplace. Uh, if you're retired, your mission field may be McDonald's or Frisch's or uh, Danny's got a mission field at the barbershop. And uh, man, lots of opportunities to, to go there and talk about Jesus. And so uh, before we read this passage in Romans 15 this morning, uh, there are just six, weeks, six Sundays left in 2019. Can you believe that? And uh, so we're working on some plans for 2020. Uh, in 2020, I plan on preaching in Nehemiah, maybe the seven churches, and some other things. One of the things, one of the themes uh, for 2020 is going to be who's your one. And in January, we're going to ask every member to identify somebody that you will pray for and seek an opportunity to share the good news with next year. Uh, so everybody be thinking about that one person. Here's what we want to do next year. We want to ask the Lord to help us to reach, baptize 52 people for the Lord. We Basically, we want to ask the Lord to save someone every week. Now, last year we uh, baptized about 25. and uh, But here's what we know. If we pray and if we live on mission, if the church lives on mission, we could baptize 100 next year. So... Uh, I also wanted to mention, I went to the Kentucky Baptist Convention this week, and uh, I mentioned, I saw in here that uh, Burlington Baptist was 24th in giving to the cooperative program in Kentucky, uh, which, is, which is awesome. Somebody asked Wednesday night, well, how many, is it 24th out of how many? Well, it's, there are over 2,300 Kentucky Baptist churches, and so uh, thank you for your generous giving. I, I think the church gave over 118000 last year to the cooperative program, and uh uh, around 30000 to Northern Kentucky Baptist Association. And so that's awesome. Uh, we tied for 69th 
uh, in baptisms with 25. And, uh, and so we want to go from 25 to, to 52. How do we do that? We ask God to save our neighbors and our, our friends. And then we get intentional about pursuing them. And, uh, and then you celebrate every time you reach one of them. Uh, and so if you identify someone and we pray for them and they get saved next year, we'll, we'll just have a party and uh, celebrate the fact that they've come out of darkness into life. And uh, the Bible tells us that, that God must save. That's, that's His doings. But for us, uh, we're to sow and we're to water and we're to labor. And the Bible says in due season that the God will bring a harvest. And we just trust Him in that. Uh, I've been thinking about 2020. Uh, a couple of uh, things I want to grow in next year is just my prayer life and personal evangelism. Prayer life, personal evangelism. If you want to pray for me for something, uh, pray for those two areas. And again, I'd like to ask every member next year to uh, take these next six weeks and just identify someone that you'll pray for and uh, just ask the Lord to, to save. Uh, and so that's called Who's Your One? Uh, we'll join you in praying for them. Uh, we'll go visit them with you if you want us to. And uh, I, I really believe that 2020 could be just the most fruitful year that we've had in a long time as we each seek to bring one to, to Christ next year. So, uh, Romans 15, I invite you to stand. This morning we're going to look at verses 14 through 21. Uh, we know, if you know anything about Romans, it's a very theological book. Uh, and we're going to look at towards the end, and Paul's going to kind of give some personal, practical points of application uh, for the church. And we're going to consider this in light of living on mission. So, verse 14, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, in Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Alistrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Father, we bless your word today. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and the calling that you put on his life to take the gospel to, to people who had never heard. And uh, Lord, it's our privilege today to, to share the gospel. And we pray that if there's someone in this room or listening, uh, watching on the internet, who's never heard the good news of Christ and and what he accomplished for us on the cross. We pray that their eyes would be open, that they would see and understand and believe upon Jesus and be saved. We pray you would do that. And, and even more than that, Father, we pray that if there's some even here today that you want to use to take the gospel to, uh, to the nations, to people around the world, call them out, Lord. We pray for that, that your will would be done, that you would... Be glorified today as we look to your word. And we pray for the help of your spirit to, to understand. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. 
So we know Paul, he, he loved the church. He, he gave his life to, to planting churches and, and building churches. He wrote letters to the churches to help them uh, to grow. And he wanted to make sure they were built on a solid foundation. Uh, so Paul writes this letter to the church that's in Rome. Rome is the capital. And Paul had never been there. But he knew how important this church was because so many people would, would go to Rome in their life. And so he wanted to make sure they had a, a, a strong foundation. So I'm going to start this morning by looking at Paul's persuasion about the church. Uh, he says, I myself am satisfied, or I'm persuaded, or I'm convinced about you, my brothers. I, I like the way Paul relates to the church. He calls them brothers and sisters. He, he doesn't speak to them as if he is superior to the congregation. He, he probably was more spiritual and intellectual and educated. And, but he, it, when we come together in Christ, we're brothers and sisters, aren't we? We're children of God. We're, we're all equal in that sense. And so uh, he speaks to them that way, and, and uh, he wants to encourage this church, and he, he acknowledges some qualities that he's heard about the church, and we find those in verse 14, three of them in particular. First of all, they were full of goodness. That word carries the idea of virtue and kindness. And, you know, it should be the, just the go of every Christian to, to be known as a person of goodness. And the reason is because of the presence of Christ in us. He, he comes and brings His goodness in us. Secondly, Paul says that they're filled with knowledge. He's not so much talking about worldly knowledge as he is speaking about spiritual insights and perception. And so I'm persuaded of your goodness, your kindness. And then thirdly, they were able to instruct one another or admonish one another. Uh, that word is nutheto. It means to warn, to counsel, uh, to admonish. And uh, within the body of Christ, we, we want to so love each other enough that we would... We would warn a brother who's going in the wrong direction, or we would instruct someone. Uh, we have that obligation towards each other. Uh, if you remember from Colossians, in Colossians 3, 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And so our admonishing or instructing, that, that's discipleship. That's, that's when we get together and we instruct each other according to God's instructions. And, and uh, that's, that's what Paul uh, commends them for. And I just would say that's a great need in the church today is we need Christians who have the Word of God in them and who are willing to instruct and counsel one another in a godly way. Now, it's interesting that Paul offers these commendations to the church, and he'd never been there. All that he knew about this church is what he had heard, and, and he had uh, come across a few believers from Rome, but uh, th this is what he had heard about them. And I, I got to thinking, I wonder what people think about Burlington Baptist Church if they've never visited it. And, and how would they know? And I can answer that question. The only way they know about this church is what they see in the lives of, of us as believers and what they hear about us. And so when others see us, do they see someone who is full of goodness and uh, spiritual understanding and who are willing to offer godly counsel? Not, not our opinions, there's enough of those out there, but willing to offer godly counsel to the, I mean, when something comes up at work, we're able to say, well, here's what the Bible says about it, and 
And uh, God, he, he created us, and so he ought to have a, a word on that. So Paul's persuasion about the church. Secondly, Paul's passion for the church. Verse 15, but on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder. Because Paul so loved the church, he was faithful to speak and to write truth to them. Listen, I, one thing we know about Paul, he was no pansy when it came to, to instructing the church. Uh, he gave it to them straight up. And uh, listen, we got churches today, if we're honest, that look more like country clubs than they do churches. And we've got churches that want to look more like the world than they do the bride of Christ. And uh, there, there's an enemy. His name is Satan. He's the God of this world. And he is going all out in an enticing us to pursue the things of this world, whether it's pleasure or recreation or sports or comfort or money and uh, I mean, sometimes I'm amazed at how uh, believers, how some pursue the, the God of this land, which is money. Uh, I wrote about this in the news this, this week at, at the Kentucky Baptist Convention. We, Kentucky Baptist, 2,300 churches, we baptized 10,954 people last year. And so praise the Lord, every one of those, we, we celebrate every life that is brought out of darkness into light. But there's also this realization that we used to baptize 20,000 a year. And yet it seems like the church is so comfortable. We're, hey, we're paying the bills, the economy's good, just chill out. And we're so comfortable, aren't we? And I, I just, you know, God didn't send me here to help y'all stay comfortable. That might be why he brought me here, because I, maybe I got comfortable. Uh, but he doesn't want us to be comfortable. Listen, we get comfortable, and there are people dying, and many have never heard about the work of Jesus on the cross. They're dying and going to a real place called hell, and the church is pretty comfortable. And I, you know, maybe one of the reasons that we don't see more people getting saved, Jesus said, in, he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom. Maybe we have so much riches that many people don't think they need the Lord. And so, man, just to get, I get sidetracked on this again. I mean, we, we've got to be careful that we don't pursue the God of our land. We've we got to guard ourselves. I've got to guard myself. I, what, what do we do about that? What do we do to avoid that? And I, I think what we've got to do is we've got to be radical in our giving. If God has blessed us, if He has rained down blessings upon us, and we, we want to give generously. I mean, you think if I think the Lord's coming back soon, and there are lots of people that aren't ready for that. Lots of people do not know the gospel, have not heard the gospel, and so we we've got to give for the sake of getting the gospel to our community and around the world. and And so, I mean, in December we're going to collect for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our go is thirteen thousand. We we ought to bust that out because a hundred percent of that goes to take the gospel to to the nations around the world, missionaries. And so, listen, I want us to be radical in our giving because there are billions of people in our world without Christ. And I just believe that when God gets a hold of us and we begin to give radically, God will do something great. I really, I really believe that. And I, I mean, I, I tell my look out here and I see those dollar buckets. We'll take your last dollar when you leave because that helps us to minister to people in our community. And there are lots of needs. And so we give. And I, listen, I... I'm preaching to myself because I used to have a problem with that. And, and uh, Lord put some people in my life over the years that have been generous. 
and uh, I, I've seen him just work in their lives through their generosity. And so Paul is both passionate and he's bold in regards to reminding the people of God the truth of the gospel. Uh, Romans 10, 1, he, he says, uh, Brothers, my heart's desire and, and prayers for God that, that they would be saved. He was talking about his people. He, God sent Paul to the Gentiles, but, but Paul himself was a Jew. And he said, my desire is for my people to be saved. And I, church, I hope that's our desire, is that uh, our neighbors and community, our coworkers, our, that they'd be saved and that we would, God, we would love them enough to, to, to share the gospel with them. And so listen, church, let's, let's equip ourselves. If you're not equipped to share the gospel, then see me. I, I would love to, to help equip you to be able to share the gospel. And then we pray for boldness and God opens doors and and so Paul's persuasion about the church, his passion for the church. Thirdly, Paul's philosophy regarding the church, or we could call this maybe his philosophy of ministry. I want to consider these verses just in regards to uh, being on mission uh, for Jesus. And so Paul's premise for, for missions in uh, verse 15. Notice at the end of verse 15, because of the grace given to me. Paul's entire ministry was all based upon the grace of God. God's grace saved him. God's grace called him to be an, an apostle to the Gentiles. It was God's grace that sustained him. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And we can say that, aren't we? By the grace of God, we, we are. if we're anything, it's because of God's grace. And So think about this for just a moment. If we could grasp God's grace... Uh, in missions and, and ministry. Uh, that, that would keep us from getting puffed up or, or uh, being discouraged. I'll turn back a couple pages to Romans 12, verse 3. Paul says in Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And so you notice Paul is just talking about this grace of God. I, I don't, he's not boasting. He's saying God's given me this grace. And uh, as such, uh, I want to I go on missions for him. Now if we keep reading uh, verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. Here's talking about the church. And so we've all been given grace. We come together in one body. So we, verse 5, though many are one body in Christ, and individually all members of one of another, notice verse 6, having gifts, so the body, that, that's all of us, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then he mentions different gifts, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, uh, mercy, but he, but he says we have these gifts, and he says to use these gifts. And the premise of these gifts is just the, the grace of God. Listen, if you're not serving in some capacity, it's not because God hasn't given you gifts to, or grace to serve. It's, it's because you're not allowing His grace to flow through you in serving others. Somebody came by on Thursday and said, I, I, I want to serve. I, I'm available how can I serve? And uh, man, that's exciting. 
when you come and talk to your pastor and say, where, where can I serve? But Paul's whole premise here is, is for missions is the, is the grace of God. We, we go on missions and we live on missions because God graciously saved us and because he's worthy. Amen? Whatever he wants us to do in life, just because he saved us, he's, he's worthy of that. So next I want us to notice Paul's privilege on missions, his, his privilege, his pleasure. Verse 15, because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel. Now that word minister there is liturgos. It's a priestly word. It has to do with sacrifices. And so what we see here is that Paul saw his ministry as a sacrifice to God. And in that sense, uh, it was a privilege. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. That's your reasonable service. Paul, Paul says, this ministry of mine is a sacrifice back to God. It's not a duty to serve God. It's a great privilege. And so if you serve in some capacity, I, I hope you see it as a privilege, not a not a, you know, God's making me serve him today. No. It's a privilege to be able to serve him. Notice the rest of verse 16. So that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You know, the priests, they would offer animal sacrifices. But Paul says that the offering that God wants him to make is an offering of the Gentiles. In other words... Paul was taking the gospel to the Gentiles, and they were being saved, and that was kind of Paul's offering back to, to God. Isn't that kind of neat? And uh, so Paul was a Jew. Uh, he wanted the Jews to be saved. Uh, he wanted the Gentiles to be saved as well. And when we get to Revelation, we see that around the throne are people from every tongue, tribe, nation, and people. And the point of that is God is worthy of praise from people everywhere. And so we, we go, we, we support our missionaries because we want them to hear about Jesus. And so it was Paul's passion and privilege to take the gospel around the world and to share that good news and men and women, boys and girls would repent and believe and be saved. And Listen, church, is that, is that your passion? Is it to take the gospel to your community, be able to share that good news? And listen, don't answer with a yes and no. I mean, get busy in reaching your neighborhood for Christ. That, that's your mission field. God planted you here for a reason. And so the premise is the grace of God, the privilege was to take the gospel. Thirdly, Paul's praise from missions. Notice verse 17. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. I have reason to be proud. Notice verse 18. For I'll not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. Paul's not boasting about himself. He's, he's just glorying in the fact that, that Christ would use him to accomplish his purposes. He, he's a little bit overwhelmed by that. And Listen, uh, here, here's the realization. If anything good happens today, if anybody gets saved today, all glory goes to God. And then you get to praise him, God, thank you. You know, if you lead someone to the Lord, it, it's just the, the most awesome thing. And you'll, humble, you'll be humbled by it. You'll say, God, man, that was just thank you for 
given me that opportunity to share that good news and for them to, to respond to that. And uh, we, we have to be careful not to toot our own horns, don't we? And there's a fine line between giving God the glory and, and trying to take some of the glory. We've got to be careful. We don't try to take His glory. Uh, but, but we can be proud of, of our work for God if we're careful to give Him the glory. And, and, and praise God when He uses us. Amen? Notice the end of verse 18. What Christ has accomplished through Him to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. So the Bible says that salvation is, the Lord, is of the Lord. And so when the, when the Gentiles were converted, it, it wasn't Paul who did that, but God did it. But he used Paul to take the, the gospel to them. And, and here's Paul's point. He, he says, I, I'll share the good news. That's the words. And I'll live out the gospel. That's the deeds. And listen, church, that's the same invitation that you and I have. We know the gospel. Do, do you have to share the gospel for someone to be saved? Everybody shake your head. Yes. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so we, we got to share it. But then in order to be able to share it, we got, we got to live it out. And so Paul says in words and in deeds, the Gentiles were brought to, to believe. And he gives the credit to, to Christ for that. Uh, verse 19 says that God authenticated uh, Paul's message by the power of signs and wonders. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 12 uh, says that uh, these signs and wonders were uh, signs of an apostle. Now, we don't have apostles today. What we have is the Word of God. And listen, church, this is sufficient. This is all we need because in it is the gospel. And then we have the, the power of changed lives, the, the transformation. I mean, through the gospel, God takes sinners and, and changes their hearts and brings them into the family. And, and uh, man, what a, there's power in that. When the gospel changes someone. And so Paul praises God for all the, that he's accomplished through him. Then I want us to see Paul's priority for missions. We see a glimpse of it at the end of verse 16. That they would be, he says, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And that word means set apart is holy. And so Paul says, I not only want them to hear the gospel and be saved, but I, I want the Holy Spirit to begin to do a work in their lives. A work of sanctification. Uh, notice how he speaks of this conversion at the end of verse 18. To bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. In other words, our faith and our obedience go hand in hand. James said, faith without works is dead. And Jesus asked the question in Luke 6, 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? And so not only faith, but, but our obedience to God. Even the, the Great Commission, when we go out and, and we share the gospel, we go and go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so we, we, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then we keep going, don't we? And we teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always to the end of it. But we teach them. Part, part of this gospel presentation is that we want to come alongside people and teach them to be obedient because a converted heart is a, a changed heart, a heart that desires to obey God. 
And so Paul pursued these genuine conversions, these changed hearts, these converts who wanted to walk in obedience to God. And we have to be careful, church, that we don't put all of the focus on a decision or a baptism or a joining the church. The, the, the priority is, is their sanctification, uh, discipleship. So not just saved and baptized, but, but they become disciples. And uh, we have some work to do in that area. We, we want to take the gospel, and then we want to help people walk in obedience. And you, you read through the book of Acts, and you, Paul, he, he made lots of places, but, but when he would go there, he not only would share the gospel, but he would stay and, and help get a church established. And he would send a young men like Timothy and Titus, and, and he would write books to them, and he, he was concerned about their spiritual growth. And uh, this, this sanctification means that we are being conformed into the image of Christ, and we labor for that purpose. And so that was a priority. And then verse uh, 20 and 21, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, as I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This was a particular calling that God put upon Paul to go and take the gospel to places that had never heard. And uh, he was faithful in that calling. But God hasn't given that calling to all of us. And uh, I, I mean, I'm thankful for those that God sends to the nations, aren't you? And they're willing to leave the comforts of of America and uh, small towns and just leave this and go to, to places and, and speak another language and eat different kinds of foods. And, and I'm thankful for those who go with the gospel because there are millions and millions of people who don't know about Jesus. And, and maybe today God wants to call somebody here to go to the nations. Um, someone like Kyle Amali give their lives to go and learn a language and tell people in Indonesia about Jesus. And uh, listen, I've been here a few months, and I, we got some missionary material around here. We got some young people that, that God could, could send out and, and share the good news. And uh, I, I tell people in regards to, to missions, I, I don't have many skills. You, you can ask my wife. She'll, she'll verify that. One of my best friends, he's a missionary in Haiti, and he can fix anything. I'm one of those kind of guys. We got some of those in here. Uh, I can't fix anything. And so Jenny's always like, well, we couldn't go to Mission Field because we, we'd be in trouble. And we would be. But still, I, I want to every year just say, God, I'm yours, and you send me, let me stay, and I'll try to be faithful here or send me wherever you want to because you're my master. And uh, I, I hope you, you live that way. You, you, you just open your hands to God and say, God, wherever you want me, uh, I try to be faithful in the workplace, but if you want me to go somewhere else. And most of the time, God lets us stay right where we are and, and make Christ known. And, uh, and listen, church, we, we live, we're kind of in the top of the Bible belt, and we think, there are people in Burlington. There are people that do not know about Jesus. Now, they might know the name, and they, might, they don't know why he came and why he had to die on the cross. And, and so we've got, to, we've got to share that good news. And uh, I mean, eastern Kentucky is one of the least reached places in the, in the country. And that's, that's not very far from us. 
And so man, there's lots of places in this country where people need the, the Lord and in around the world. Uh, verse 19, we see Paul's progress in the ministry. He says, from Jerusalem to uh, Elysium. Now you look at a map, uh, it's about 1,400 miles. Uh, they didn't have Delta back then. And so uh, Paul would start over here in, in uh, Judea and would go and plant churches and, and take the gospel that far away. And, uh, and here's what we know about Paul. He lived on mission wherever he was at, anytime, everywhere. And he says that I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, listen, God, you gave me a, a ministry to take the gospel, to share the gospel, to plant churches, to disciple. To I have fulfilled that. And so Paul's progress was far-reaching. Uh, how, how did he do that? How did he get the gospel that far? How did he have the energy and the stamina? Church, that's the last point this morning. Paul's power for missions. And he tells us. I, I'm not making this up this morning. Verse 19 tells us clearly, doesn't it? By the power of the Spirit of God. By the power of the Spirit. And, and listen. I used to say we can't accomplish it. We, we, we can accomplish some things. They won't be worth much. We, what Paul was able to accomplish could only be explained by the power of the Spirit of God. And, and he went out in that power. And guess what? We have access to that same power. It's the same Holy Spirit, isn't it? You know Acts 1.8, and, and you will receive... Somebody help me. What are we going to receive, Jesus said, before he ascended? Power. Where are we going to get it from? When the Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive Holy Spirit power, and then when you get the Spirit, then you'll go and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to ends of the earth. And so, church, we have the same resource that Paul had May God help us to depend upon the Spirit, not on ourselves and not on our clever methods, methodologies, but on the power of the Spirit. And so if you want a good vision for Burlington Baptist Church next year, let's just be a church, a, a people, just you and me. Let's just be a, a people living on missions always and everywhere. Always, wherever we're at. If we're going to a ball game, if we're going to the restaurant, or we're we're going to work. We're going on mission because people need the Lord. And so let's get it right. On missions, always and everywhere, by His power, not ours, and for His praise. It's not about, a, it's not about the preacher or the church. It's, it's, it's about His praise. And I, and I told him earlier, if you want to live on mission, I mean, God invites you to live on mission, and if you want to, it... It starts on your knees. It, it starts by saying, God, here is my life. I'm available for you. Give me your power. Give me your boldness and courage and send me out there. And I'll go. I'll go anywhere on mission for you. Won't you stand with me this morning? We're going to have an invitation, and who knows? There might be someone out here this morning that God's been tugging at your heart to, to go to the mission field. Wouldn't that be cool? 
Remember, we got Kyle and Molly. Wouldn't you like to have a few more missionaries to, to pray for? And, but more than likely, God's going to call somebody to, to go next door or to talk to your coworker or your cousin about Jesus. <coughs> Ask him today to use you, send you out on missions, would you? Let's pray. Father, I want to be like Paul and just want to offer my life to you, to use, to take the gospel to, to people. Lord, I, I know now we don't have to go around the world to find people that have never heard. Some have heard the name of Jesus but don't know why you came. Lord, help us to be faithful, to share the good news of Christ with those around us. Lord, help us as a church to, <coughs> to realize that we can live our lives on missions every day. You've given us a mission field. And Lord, not, not only now, but you're sending people here, people from the nations. Even on a Thursday night in the, in the, in the gym, there are people from the nations who need to hear about Jesus so may we have eyes to see and willing hearts. And we invite you to, to accomplish your purposes in our lives, to send us wherever you want us to go and you know, to make Christ known. And Lord, I, I pray today that uh, there's no one here that uh, comes in here and doesn't understand how much you love them. It doesn't understand that, that we're sinners and that our sins separate us from you. The wages... Of our sin is death. And because of that, Jesus had to come and Jesus came and lived a sinless life. Lord, I pray that everyone in here understands that. That Jesus never sinned and yet he went to the cross to take our sins. He died for my sins. And they buried him. And on the third day, he rose again. He conquered death, defeated it, defeated sin, and offered to save me and offers to save us. If we just turn from our sins and believe upon Jesus, I, I pray that everyone here today understands that and knows that not only do you love them, but you offer to forgive their sins, to bring them into your family, to make them your children our brothers and sisters. I, I pray today, Lord, if there's a person here that's never called out in faith to Jesus, that even now they would believe upon Jesus and be saved. And Lord, we celebrate that this morning because we know that that's a, your grace in their life. And so save someone today and call someone to missions or to, to ministry, to preach, to teach. We give you this time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You respond to the Lord this morning. If you want to observe the Lord's Supper, we invite you to do that. Or if I could pray with you about something, I'd love to, to do that this morning.